Thank you for this day, and we thank you for the opportunity that we are able to come together again in this place to worship you. We pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds today so that we could focus on the message and receive your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. 
Morning. Good to see you all this morning. I'm grateful that you came to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful that you came. We've got announcements uh, that we try to frame in our five practices. The first of which is radical hospitality. And in talking about radical hospitality, one of the things we try to do to encourage seeing one another outside of worship is a first Wednesday meal. And our uh, director of children's ministries, Aaron Knight, is already there and always is. <laughs> is going to tell us about that. Good morning. Uh, if we can go one slide forward, you'll all see the schedule, but I wanted to give you a little bit of a sense of what's coming on our uh, suppers at 6 on the first Wednesday of every month at 6 o'clock. So the next one is going to be on Ash Wednesday, so obviously we will have a service after the meal, but we thought we'd also take that opportunity on the first day of Lent to do something for others. So the children will be serving your meal that night, and they will collect a donation, tips, um, that we will donate to Greer Relief. 
So I hope you'll all join us then. The menu is going to be southern fried chicken, mac and cheese, green beans, rolls and cornbread, and lots of different cake choices for dessert. So why wouldn't you come, right? Uh, so the sign up for that is already going around. Um, if you check the emails, you'll see a link that you can use to register. Or when the roster comes around this morning, just write down how many children and adults you want to have, and we will see you there um, just a week from this Wednesday. It is $6 for a kid and $8 for an adult. Uh, just a heads up on the next couple, um, April 5th will be an uh, Easter theme. Uh, we'll have an Easter egg hunt, and we'll also have children make what are called resurrection eggs. These eggs, if you open them in a certain order, will tell the story of Easter and Jesus' resurrection. So we hope that we can get some adult volunteers to man the 12 stations, one for each egg, and tell that little part of the story to the children who come through to make their set. Um, then the last one before we take a break for summer is May 3rd. Um, that one we will have a VBS introduction and we'll have volunteer training for Vacation Bible School after the meal and we will talk more next week about what Vacation Bible School needs are and the opportunities there and the exciting plans but I hope you will all mark your calendars for these next three first Wednesdays and join us. Thank you. Thank you Aaron. Let's talk about passionate worship. Throughout this month we're looking at the letter from Paul to the people of Corinth in 1 Corinthians. The number one scripture you hear from that book is 1 Corinthians 13 at weddings. So we're talking about four passages that don't have anything to do with that text, uh, but build up to it. Um, and so uh, we continue that today and next week, and we start a new series uh, for Lent where we're going to um, exclusively read Psalms. And um, Lent's about drawing closer to God, and some of the Psalms are brokenhearted, being far away from God, and some of the Psalms are drawing closer to God. Uh, let's talk about intentional faith development. Uh, we have confirmation typically on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock in my office. Um, we thought with to this being a holiday weekend that we might get hit uh, with uh, having people out. So um, confirmands just go to um, youth Sunday school and we'll resume again next week at 10 o'clock. The youth last night had a skating party. We were gonna go um, uh, snow sledding, some kind of crazy thing. Um, but the weather was too nice to go. That's the first time I've ever said that. Uh, so we actually went uh, skating last night, which uh, that's a wild scene, the skating rink on a Saturday night. Um, so youth will not meet tonight because of uh, going last night, but um, children and adults will meet tonight. Um, and uh, those are our only announcements in the practices. I'll tell you one more, and that's um, our Monday meetings, our finance and administrative council. And they'll be in the CAMAC class, which is beside the choir room. We've moved all of our administrative meetings uh, to the CAMAC class, a much bigger table and chairs. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to share prayer concerns with us. Um, we have uh, ushers that will bring you a note card and a pencil. If you'd like to um, write one down, it will be shared with our Tuesday prayer group. Um, I'll have you pray for Max Dolder's family. Uh, Max is a longtime member of our church. I believe they attended traditional worship just about every time. And um, he passed away this week. We had a service for him yesterday. Um, but if you would like a card, uh, to share something with our Tuesday prayer group, you can raise your hand, um, and it will be. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for drawing us to this place. And as we hear of the struggle to create a church, 
not long after your death in a place that had all sorts of religious faiths on top of one another, in a society that had drastic lines of um, financial ability, a place that um, separated themselves socially. Help us to hear this letter, the passion that comes from Paul that the people need to pay attention, that they need to build something sound, that they need to um, build on the Lord Jesus Christ. Open this text to us today that we may learn for you, from you to um, teach others throughout this week. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I want to start off today with an image of the three little pigs. What were, the, what were the things that they used? Straw, sticks, bricks. It had to do with the materials that they chose. It had to do with the work ethic that they were willing to put in. But I want you to notice the first phrase. This is, this is something that, especially to the three little pigs. Materials matter and never let up until the job is done. Those are the two main points that you're going to get from the three little pigs. Many people in our congregation have careers that are based in construction. From the surveying of the land before you ever rip it apart, to the ripping apart, to the setting of the foundation, to the um, electricity that runs throughout the building, to the HVAC that goes throughout the building. And before we ever go into a class, before we ever go into a restaurant for lunch, before we ever go into a hardware store to get a hammer or whatever else is in a hardware store, these people have poured a lot of work and effort into a building to make sure that it's comfortable, to make sure that it's structurally sound, to make sure that it's functional. And things will come along far after the creation of that building that will test all of its structures over time. And that's what we're going to talk about today in our scripture lesson. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 3.10. By the grace God has given me, this is Paul, I laid a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid which is Jesus Christ. So let's look at your first, uh, second phrase. It sounds like somebody else. It's sitting on your screen. I just want you to hear it. Matthew 24, 7. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. We sing with our preschoolers in chapel every week, the wise man built his house upon the rock. 
and we have a great time, and the, and the foolish man built his house upon the sand. And we're talking about this principle. Jesus tells them in Matthew 7, if you build what you're trying to build on my foundation, then it will stand up over time. And he goes back and forth between literally building something and building your faith. And building the faith of your community and building a faith community. Matthew 7 is uh, approaching the tail end of the Sermon on the Mount. And so he says, I want you to build on the foundation that I've given you. So, um, uh, giving, prayer, fasting, love. Paul tells the people that he attempted to live and teach the Sermon on the Mount to them while he was with them. And in his absence, if they're not continuing to do that, then what they're trying to build will not stand, it will not survive. It will, even if it does, it won't be helpful to the extending of the kingdom that was created. And if they're ever going to build anything, it needs to be on a solid foundation. So let's look at the next part of the text. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring light to it. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. So let's talk about um, uh, your next phrase. Unlike the pigs, multiple materials will work. In the pig story, only one material was going to hold the day, was going to make sure that it worked. But Paul says he lists all kinds of stuff that could have worked for them. Uh, gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. You think about the fanciest um, church that you've been in in your life. And you think about the simplest church that you've been in in your life. And what were the differences in the materials that were used to build it? What's the significance of the materials that were used to build it in terms of proclaiming the Word of God? According to Paul, not all that much. And again, it won't be confusing. He throttles back and forth between actual building materials and building your faith, building your faith community. Every type of material is listed. And the significance of that is there were um, severe uh, chasms between the very rich and the very poor. And at times, the rich would eat all of the elements of the communion because it was in their home, and the poor could not have it. There were times when you could get a much better seat, you could get a much better place, you could get everything. Uh, they figured you had a much better blessing because it was tied to your financial wealth. So Paul tries to counter that by saying, it doesn't matter what kind of car that you're driving. It doesn't matter what kind of materials you're using. The significance is something else. Um, this is your next phrase. This is like the pigs. A test is coming after you've built it. A significant test is something that you cannot anticipate. And I'm sure I don't have to spend a lot of time conjuring up images for you of when you were going along and something was the way it was and something, some monster came along and changed it all for you. Whether it be your health or whether it be your family or whether it be your work or whether it be your church. 
the thing that you had, the stability that you thought was there, period, was severely tested by something that came along. And two things in that paragraph are going to test it. One is the light. Um, there's all kinds of scripture passages that say the people who aren't doing it right don't want to be in the light. They want to get over there in that dark corner because the light exposes them. It shows what's happening. Are you a little different when your boss is in the room? Are you a little different when people are coming to review whatever it is that you're working on? Are you a little different when family that isn't typically there is in town and is there? Whatever it may be, when someone is paying a little closer attention than you, are, than you are accustomed to, that's the light. The work that you're putting in, he says, will come under scrutiny and we'll see if it works. The other thing is the fire. This is an unexpected, potentially horrific adversity in your life, whatever that may be. Each of us have experienced that or we've experienced that with dear loved ones where something came along that we had no idea what it was and it was a vicious thing that tested all of us. Let's look at the next piece. Verse 14. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it's burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved even though as one escaping through the flames. So your next phrase is the fire. How many of you grew up... Well, you don't have to raise your hand. You, I'm guessing many of you grew up in environments that talked about hell a great deal and talked about avoiding hell. The significance to that entity, whatever that entity is, is that... Um, some are only going to mention it, and some are going to use very violent imagery about hell. And the pathway to that hell is the denying of Jesus Christ. So, it's quite simple. Listen to Jesus Christ and accept His teaching and bring Jesus into your heart, and you'll be fine. Should you not, hell is your outcome in these faith communities. That's why... They're so insistent. It makes a lot of sense why they would be so insistent to then say, we need you to understand this. We need you to accept it. Because there's a big difference in what happens in life because of it. So in worship, in Sunday school, in camps and retreats, in hospitals, the number one motivation is to convert someone to accept Jesus Christ so that they may avoid hell. It's lasted a long time. It's not my personal philosophy, but I'm not making fun of it either. Because a lot of people have grown up that way. Their faith uh, communities talk that way. And their number one motivation is to convert. And if you hear this fire, you might think, that's what we're talking about. In my opinion, we're not. What he's saying is, uh, there's going to be a test for the work that you've done. The flames are the test, the adversity for the work that you've done. And you'll see where you stand based on that adversity. How much time you've put in. So if we say, well, um, 
you know, I try to go to church one out of 12, maybe. I try to pay attention to five out of 12 minutes of the sermon. You know, I, whatever it may be. I try to go to Sunday school every once in a while. I'm not making fun of it. I've been paid to be at church since I was 22. I have no idea what it's like to decide if I should go to church or not. I've always not been forced to. I've always been encouraged to by my employers. So I'm not, so I'm not making fun of it. I'm telling you, I understand that there are times when you think, I don't know. But I can bet that if you haven't, same as um, studying for a chemistry final, same as preparing for a major presentation, same as shooting 200 free throws on a Friday before a game on Saturday, the time that you put in to developing your faith will have a significant impact on what happens to you when you are tested. To me, I think it's important to note that you won't be tested because you haven't put the time in. You see, you see that important distinction? Everyone is tested. Everyone has adversity. The question is, what will happen to you in that test based on the time that you've put in? So, uh, I mentioned just briefly two weeks ago about Advent, United Methodist in Simpsonville and the massive fire that they had due to construction. My note to say to you was, and I have, I have dear friends there, um, was uh, they have great leadership. They're, they had the fire because of construction. They had the construction because they were expanding. And they've got positive momentum and that this will be a blip on the radar. Um, and I didn't think to note two weeks ago, your own Susan Leonard Ray, or Susan Leonard, who grew up here in this church, served that church and was part of the development of that sanctuary. But talking about that text, or talking about that event, and then somehow this text coming along was fascinating to me. Are y'all friends with any of them? Do you see their posts on Facebook? They have said, this, you talk about a fire, a literal fire, literally testing you. A number of people have been there since day one. And they started off in a pool clubhouse. They moved from that pool clubhouse to another building. They moved from that building into what is now their choir room that's going to transition to something else. They moved from that into the sanctuary. And they were, moved, they were extending the sanctuary to do something else. So the fire is a setback. But there's not one person I saw from Advent on Facebook saying, well, um, we put all this work in. I guess God's stupid. I guess God doesn't care. I guess this is it for me. I guess this is it for our Sunday school class. I guess this is it for our expansion. They're saying, um, yeah, you know, there was a fire. We're not going to worship in there. We haven't worshiped there, in there before. And we're going to worship somewhere else. To me, that's the perfect example of solid, hard work that's been put in by faithful leaders, not only clergy, but laity, in that place, time and time and time and time again, that when adversity comes along, it has nothing to do with our will to do what is right. It has nothing to do with our faith in Jesus Christ. It has nothing to do with whether we will succeed in the future. It has to do with a hassle in the present and hurt feelings over a building that we love. Does that make sense? 
So that is what Paul is trying to tell any faith community. And it's what you have had here for many years beyond before me and what we're trying to continue to build upon. What's something that's way more important than this campus? What's something that's way more important than our finances? What's something that's way more important than me being in this position or any other leader that you have being in any position? Our foundation and our belief in the loving nature of Jesus Christ, regardless of what the world throws at us, regardless of the way we get sick, regardless of the way we lose our jobs, regardless of the way something happens in our church, regardless if we change from green to blue. And I really liked green. I really wish y'all hadn't changed to blue. I liked green. Regardless of your fatigue, we believe in our foundation of Jesus Christ. So whether we're using um, gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, our work will be tested. And I encourage you, not only in worship, or in Sunday school, or in confirmation, or in the Sunday night group uh, of um, young moms, or in youth group, or in UMW, or in uh, Sunday night adult classes, to continue to build on that foundation to build your faith so that you may stand up when adversity comes. Let us pray. Lord, we've experienced real difficulties. In the midst of those difficulties, we've wondered if we had it. In the midst of those difficulties, we've wondered if you cared. In the midst of those difficulties, we've strayed away. We're grateful for you drawing us closer. We're grateful for this large community of this service and the large community of our traditional service. We're grateful for the tiny communities in which we gather throughout the week. Continue to build our faith, Lord, on the foundation of your Son's sacrificial love. It's in his name we pray. Amen. If you'll stand and join me in the affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering. And if you would like to give online or text to give or set up a recurring uh, giving online. You'll see instructions in the bulletin.
Would you stand and sing this next one with us?
redeemed, yes we're free, free forever, amen. When death was arrested, my life began. When death was arrested, my life began. When death was arrested, my life began. I've been heavily medicated for about 48 hours. <laughs> I put the slideshow together under medication and thought everything was cool. That's my, that's my mistake. Sorry about that. Um, illness. Job conflict. Relationship trouble. All come because they're part of this human life. They have nothing to do with the love of God and God's presence amongst us. We'll continue to build with one another. We'll continue to build on the foundation of our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll continue to strive through adversity because others are counting on us to do it, to learn. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you. Amen. Oh, we're free, free, forever we're free. Come join the song of all the redeemed. Yes, we're free, free, forever, amen. When death was arrested and my life began. Have a great week.